Boy, how exciting is this? With the 11th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the My Chicago Bears select Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. It is great to be back and we have a little bit of a different podcast today where we talk about the opposition. I'm joined by Stryker from the Steeler Nation podcast. How are you doing today, Stryker? Oh, I'm doing awesome. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast with you and happy to hear that there are NFL fans in Ireland. Yeah, there is a lot of us here. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> there, that is there great. Is, you, like, actually, to, to go into us to do a little kind of introduction to the Steelers talk I always talk about some of the more like random jerseys and kind of sweatshirts that you see over here and I just remember about a month ago walking around the, in Dublin here and randomly seeing a hoodie of Chase Claypool <laughs> <laughs> and I was like We're, like everybody's just here it's it's become like a huge thing like when I was a, a kid because I have family in in Chicago so uh-huh. I've always been a big fan of the Bears all that sort of stuff but I'm starting to see like all my friends now support different teams. And you're like, this is strange. Cause normally when you were growing up, you're like the only one. But, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's absolutely, it's I, mad, but it's great. And I remember um, the Rooney family, big Irish family. Um, Dan Rooney senior was the uh, uh, ambassador from the U S to Ireland there for a bit, got to play a Steeler game at Croke park as well. So a lot of at least, Steeler connections with Ireland that I absolutely love. Yeah, absolutely. I've like even for myself, I have a lot of friends that are from Pittsburgh. So I've been nice. I've been there, I've been to training camp down in uh, oh, Latrobe in Latrobe. It's like that's it's, crazy. It, it's, it's it's insane. It's insane <laughs> there, but it's uh it's 
it's a very similar organization in terms of the fan base and how much they love their their team and the whole city is just behind the team as those few months of the season kind of start so with that I wanted to kind of begin in terms of the overview of kind of our season so far because I think it's been up and down for both teams <laughs> but look, yeah 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 or down guys, down then up for us <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's been a whirlwind and it's kind of for you guys I guess the opposite to last year where it was like so right. good so early on and then right shit the injuries the and and that was yeah, it. yeah it was it was very difficult but yeah this year has been kind of a difference and at least for to get a little perspective for what the Steelers are going through right now we started off on fire we had a completely healthy team completely healthy defense we went into buffalo the top offense from the previous year in the AFC and we beat them on their own field uh, mostly a defensive game. We really limited what Josh Allen could do in that game. But then the next game that we played against Las Vegas, we had, we had two starters go down right before the game started with Hayden and someone else went down. And then we lost four defensive starters in the game. So we were completely out of it for that game and the Cincinnati game following until we started getting people back and healthy. And also we have this very, very, very young offensive line. Four new starters, um, two are rookies. One is a first year, a, a second year player who's starting for his first year, and that's Kevin Dotson. And then you have Trey Turner, who was a Pro Bowler, now playing for us um, at playing the other guard position with only Ch- Chuks Okorafor being our only returner. So it's taken them some time to at least get used to working with each other, blocking, and, and being successful in the run game, which they're now finally are. Yeah, that's an interesting one because the the talk among Chicago has always been around the offensive line because they have a lot of right. kind of mix and match young young guys coming in. Their their second round pick, Tevin Jenkins, it was injured at the beginning of the season. He hasn't got back yet. So, what's it been like for for you, kind of looking at the Steelers because they've had to rebuild that offensive line from the days that people remember with Pouncey yeah. and Villanueva and the like. Right. Right, and David DeCastro. David DeCastro was a surprise. Um, We really didn't know as Steeler fans. We knew that Pouncey and DeCastro were banged up last year. We knew Pouncey was probably going to retire, especially when his brother retired, Mike, then Marquise. He said he's going to retire as well because we thought he and Ben were going to go out the same year because they're such great friends. Uh, But that David DeCastro's retirement was a complete surprise. Uh, We kind of had to scramble to find Trey Turner in that position, which, which was a fine transition. He's not as good, at least as what he used to be, uh, uh, but he's a solid player. He's definitely solid. So it's completely rebuilding it. I mean, the, the draft was insane and you know, drafts, I know drafts. Yeah. We our first four draft picks, Najee Harris running back, uh, tight end, Pat Fryermuth, uh, the center who was a guard in college. We converted in the center. That's Kendrick green. And then, um, Dan Moore, who's our left tackle and one, two, three, four, they're all starters on offense. They were all day one starters. Moore was really the only one that was kind of thrust into that position because of injury with the Zach Banner getting injured early in the year. And then Chooks having to switch over back to the right-hand side and then more having to be left. So there was this whole flux situation. It's, I understand as a football fan, you have to build a line. You have to get it back. It's now a very young line. And at least the one good thing about a young line is they're usually better at run blocking than they are at pass blocking. So with us having this devotion to the run is really kind of helping out their development as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's It's a really important thing. And for us as, 
as Bears fans, we're starting to see like one of the we basically selected two tackles in in the draft this year. One, like I mentioned yeah. earlier, has been out for up till now, and he's probably oh. will only get back towards the end of the season. But then the other one just came back from injury last week, was going up again, was going up against uh, Joey Bosa and looked pretty good there. So or Great. Nick Bosa, Nick, yeah, Nick Bosa, Bosa, that was yeah, it. He's... And like <laughs> just just for him to be able to stand his own, it's like oh, you might be able to get a little bit of push from that offensive line because <laughs> it's it's been a problem. But look, you, you mentioned at the beginning that it's been kind of a tough, uh, like to be fair, like. From week two, it was, it was yes. tough. Like week yes. one, a victory yeah. against the Buffalo Bills, the way we're watching, because a lot of people were saying after week one, it's like, oh, did we uh, overrate the Bills a little bit? But then you see, see them kind of be right. what we expected. So yes. what has it been like, I guess, this season, going from that kind of, I guess, euphoria of winning week one against a team mm-hmm. that people expected to be heavy playoff favorites right. um, to then going in, losing to the Raiders, the Bengals, the yeah. Packers is always Green a tough Bay, one. Yeah. They're a tough yeah. one. Like, yeah. Well, the Bengals and the Raiders in particular, what was that like going through kind of that losing streak and kind of trying to think of what is this team this year? Well, it was difficult. Like I was telling you, after that win, we ha- I have 100% confidence in this defense. This defense to me is a top three defense when it's healthy. And the problem was we went into the next game a little banged up. We our, star, our best cornerback wasn't playing, our, and we I cannot remember who the other person was. Well, obviously, Tuit wasn't in as well. Then Tyson Alualu, our nose tackle, gets hurt very early in that game, and then both T.J. Watt and uh, Highsmith pulled groins. So he, he had like every single great player except Cam Hayward banged up in that game. So at that point, they were just making big play after big play because we had so many non-starters in there and other players are trying to make up for their mistakes and their inability to cover other spots. And then it just cascades when yeah, people trying to play too much of the field, ultimately a big play is going to happen. And it's, it's just part of the game, especially if you have a good quarterback like Carr, like um, uh, the, the new guy, Joe Burrow as well in Cincinnati, they're smart guys. Um, they can see when they, if, if they've got an open zone, they're going to hit it and they, yeah. they hit it, they hit it well, but at least the good thing was we, we started, we, Got through those three games, and then we started playing. Uh, who was it that we got? Uh, we yeah, the, Bron- the Broncos in Week Five. Broncos, yeah. And Broncos was a good one for us because they were very injured as well. We were starting to get some players back, and they kind of was a good matchup for us. So we won that game. We went to the Seattle game, and unfortunately, Wilson got hurt that week, so we didn't get to play Wilson, and that was another tight game. We controlled the whole first half in that game, and then the second half couldn't stop the run to save our save our lives. Um, went into the break, had a week off, came back to Cleveland. And Cleveland, to me, was the statement game. Now, that's the one that's your little brother who's talking all the smack because they just beat the crap out of you in the playoffs. Yeah. And now they're coming back, and we're going into their town, and they're like, oh, we're going to beat them. The Steelers, we own the Steelers now. Hey, the Steelers. And, then, and then so what did the Steelers do? They punched them in the mouth on both lines of scrimmage. I thought they did a great job of controlling the offensive line of scrimmage, controlling their front seven, which is a great front seven. Cleveland has a legit front seven, a legit one. We, we found that out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then conversely, our uh, defensive line did a, a stout job of stopping the, one of the top running games in the NFL, really holding Chubb to limited yardage um, and forcing Baker Mayfield to throw. And we, he just showed that he could not win it with his 
injured arm and his shoulder in a sling, his left shoulder in a sling. It's very difficult for him to do, but you know, at least we seem to be getting people banged up these last couple games. It's yeah. like the quarterback just seems to be a little banged up every time we play a new team. Yeah, look, it's interesting, especially kind of looking at that Browns game. When you're able to stop the run, I think that's a key thing for beating them because yeah. you see now. I know there's some there's a big divide between not only I guess Browns Twitter but also NFL Twitter versus <laughs> so like half people think that Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback and half people think he's average. Well, I'm on this half the people think he's a good quarterback. The other half I, I assume live in Cleveland. <laughs> if they think he's a good quarterback because the rest of the NFL is like he's a guy he's like yeah I like uh, yeah I mean I see he can do damage he's got the ability to beat our team um I was actually more concerned to face Case Keenum going into that game I actually wanted to face Baker I knew he'd be coming back a little banged up and probably have a propensity to have some errors or make some mistakes and he did um especially I was like well we could probably get a fumble on him too if he's if he's got his sling, he's got that shoulder issue. We've got four sacks in the first half and definitely we're pressuring him really well. So, so I did like that aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, we've gone 13 minutes. I forgot to ask you, are you part of yeah. this woke media that's going after Aaron Rodgers as, as well? Apparently everybody's going after Aaron Rodgers. Oh, about oh, vaccinations no. and that. Yeah. Well, well, here's the, here's the aspect. It's, it's like, I talked about this on my podcast, which actually just dropped the DK Pittsburgh sports network. And for me, like if you are a, are a leader of your team, a quarterback, um, it's your job to make sure that you can do whatever you t- can to help your team win games. Um, it's harder for me to say a quarterback shouldn't get vaccinated, uh, especially when you know minorities are have a higher propensity of having big problems uh, with COVID nineteen. Um, so you're protecting your friends, you're protecting your friends' families is essentially what you're doing. And all you have to do is get a shot. I mean, don't get me wrong. I ha- I was vaccinated. I got a crossover case three weeks ago, Kieran, and yeah. I was lit up. I couldn't smell. Couldn't de- 10 days I was in bed. I uh, still doing my podcast and vidcast from bed, but it was not fun. I mean, I'm just starting to get back. I just got the booster yesterday and my arm feels like I got a tetanus shot, but, but you know, yeah. I feel like I have to do my part. I want to go watch games. I know there's going to be a lot of people there. I'm trying to keep my family healthy. I'm trying to keep my 80 year old next door neighbor healthy. So like, to me, it's like, if it's a personal decision, I understand that. If you just like, you don't want to do it, I understand that. That's fine. But if you're part of a larger collective, quarterback of a football team, you have an obligation, in my opinion. So yeah, that's, that's at least my two cents on it. Yeah, it's it's a, been an interesting topic because I know a lot of yeah. kind of Chicago sports media have kind of been, have been talking about it over the last, I guess, two or so days. And I, I think a lot of the... I guess synopsis of it is that a lot of people feel like if he just came out at the start and said that he wasn't, then it was his choice and that he's right. choosing not to. I don't think this is a big deal. No, I, th- yeah, I think it's the fact. Deal, no. Yeah, right. I yeah. think it's because he's come out and he essentially said that he was, and yet he wasn't. And now, yeah. and then he comes out today and he says that oh, the only rule that he broke was the media one, even though another rule is you're not supposed to be on the charter jet with your team. Another one oh, is, gotcha. Gotcha. is you're not supposed to be like eating lunch or something. I think a real innocent story came out like two or three weeks ago where there was like a rookie, <laughs> where there was like a rookie offensive lineman or defensive lineman said that they had pancakes together. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> there's like, there's things like that. But look, it's, it's crazy in the way it's going on. But it just reminds yeah. me of, you mentioned that about a leader 
in terms of the quarterback position. Just reminds me right. of Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. He comes right. into their first team meeting of the season and says, hmm. we're all getting vaccinated because we're not letting something like this derail our season to right. getting to the Super Bowl. And they're one of the few teams that's 100% vaccinated. Yep. It's like, and that's a good thing leader for you. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you want to do. It's like, I don't think he would force anybody on his team if they had a real urge against getting yeah. it, but it just shows the kind of leadership that that has. And yeah, it's, 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 it's a tough situation. I found some of the comments today that he came out was a bit funny, but it is what it is. He's a, he's a, he's a weird dude, but that's, all, that's all right. I think we all knew that beforehand. <laughs> So how does that uh, hit you then when you had that whole Aaron Rodgers, I own you, I own Chicago? Like, how does that hit you as a fan? I mean, even over in Ireland, I'm sure it's obviously disrespectful to your fan base. But I mean, Uh, his his record, it's the same way like Ben owns Cleveland, essentially. But but uh, like, how do you feel? How did that hit you as a fan? To be fair, it would probably hit me worse if our team was competitive because. Okay. Over time, when you see that you haven't improved to the level of to be able to say it's even like it's a proper rivalry, that's yeah. that's the problem. Now, it is it is a bit disrespectful and it makes you want kind of some like somebody to go out in the final game this season we play. And if you want to do a couple of late hits, do it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's fine if you want, if you want to if you want to leave it. But that, but that is don't, one thing. Don't that bang him need. up too much. The Steelers are trying to get him next year. <laughs> oh yeah, you can, you can, you can have him. Get him out of the yeah, NFC, right. get him out the of NFC the North. <laughs> but yeah, like it, it uh, wouldn't bother me if there was a couple of things like that. And yeah. to be honest, it wouldn't shock me either because when you do something like that, you put yourself out there to have someone do something. So like if he does it, and then whatever it is, Khalil Mack or Akeem Hicks goes in gets them late and they're most likely going to stand over them and be like i thought you own us blah blah blah. like things like that are going to happen it's the same like yeah that's why it's not smart to run your mouth when you have to play that team again (laughs) because even if you're going to win it's you're still having to go up against these guys and that and that's that's the problem it's the same thing like what would happen if Lamar Jackson did that in Hinesfield. Like, that's that's the biggest yeah. problem, I think. And look, it is what it is. In terms of this season, what are your expectations now that you've seen the last couple of games for the Steelers? You've seen kind of that losing streak. So what do you think is a realistic expectation for you going forward now? Well, the, the Steelers so far, I mean, like we said, they started with one win, lost three, and now they've won three. Um I think they're trending in the right direction. I think their offensive line really is going to determine how far they get this year. And with them starting to gel, them starting to play well together and opening even more holes and more yardage for Najee, who just just won Offensive Rookie of the Month for the month of October. Um, nobody was talking about him in September. So October, just a short month later, he's starting to get some kudos and if he just keeps improving and the line keeps improving, this team can go deep. This team can win its division. Also starting, like, we started one and three. Ravens, Cleveland, and Cincinnati started three and one. We're now only a game back of the Ravens, a half game back of Cincy, and a game up on Cleveland after starting two games in the hole on both these teams. So I am at least, you know, uh, I feel good about their chances for for winning this division. They match up very well against Baltimore. We stop the run well. 
We run the football well. Uh, and, the, and Baltimore's defense actually took a big step back this year, and that's, a, that's out of character for them. Um, same thing with Cleveland. Cleveland, I think, is probably the stoutest team, but it seems like every time we beat Cleveland, they end up firing a coach or a quarterback or kick OBJ off the off the team. Yeah. It's like what the hell, man! Like it's like we are the litmus test for the factory of sadness, which is Cleveland, Ohio, which is what we always refer to them as. And it's just every big game that it's like we should be beating the Steelers. They're the, the worst. We're gonna kick their butt, and then they lose, and then the whole team goes mental, and they lose a, an excellent player and Odell Beckham Jr. and who knows where he's going to end up? Are the, are the, the Bears going to put a, a waiver claim in for him? I, I doubt it just because of the financial implications with that. I think if if he passed well, through way... You have to sign him. You sign him technically to a new contract. Yeah. Half-season contract. Yeah. he's already it, been paid. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Um, like... I don't know what way it's going to work out because you look at the waiver order and... Honestly, I'd be shocked if even the likes of the Dolphins, the Lions, don't try and do it, who are at the top there, where both teams have ample kind of salary cap. Like, I would I would definitely do it. I've always said for guys like him, you always have to wonder, is the juice worth the squeeze? And with Odell, <laughs> That's a great call. Love that. Yeah. Love and, that, Kieran. <laughs> yeah, and for me, Odell Beckham is worth it when you're trying to get a little bit of, like, juice for the offense because – Obviously, there hasn't been hasn't been that this season, and like we've always said it here on on the show that for us this year, like wins and losses are kind of second to the development of Justin Fields. So what you want to yes. do is put him in the best position to kind of succeed, and if you can get more talented guys around him, yeah. that's that's what they need to start doing. We've always said this year is about him developing. And then next year, it's about getting the appropriate talent around him. Right. And that's the most important thing for us this year. And look, that, that's been the main thing. And I guess that was one, one of the questions I wanted to ask you as well. Is the, it seemed like the last two years going into the draft, it was like rumors, will the Steelers trade up and eventually try and get the quarterback? You yeah. guys didn't do it. But I'm assuming with all the talk, you guys would have probably looked at some of what, some of the quarterbacks kind of going into the draft. What was your opinion of kind of the first round quarterbacks going into this year? For this year, the, there's only one quarterback that I really like, and that's the Pittsburgh University quarterback. Uh, oh, I, I mean, don't... I mean for oh. the for the the current rookies. Oh, for the for the current for their current roster and how they look, or just the current rookies of the NFL right now, like that draft the, class. So the one that it, it the a, draft that just happened, yeah. Yes, I, I thought it was a fantastic draft class. I think you guys have a have a franchise quarterback. Um, I know, well, at least the last couple years here, I mean, you've got Joe Burrow from two years ago and, and Herbert as well with the with the Chargers. And uh, what is that? You've got um, the guy that came uh, in for Jacksonville. Zach, Zach Wilson went to pick. the Jets and yes. Trevor Lawrence went to Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, yeah. So, I mean, it's a talented class. I thought this was a deep class. And then, of course, oh, geez, um, Mac as well. Um, yeah, Mac uh, Jones. Going up in New England. Um, so, you know, you got, I thought the first round had legit talent at quarterback this season, which is rare because, you know, you have to go back pretty much to when Ben Roethlisberger was drafted in 2004, when you had Manning and Rivers and Roethlisberger. And I think JP Lozman went later to the Buffalo Bills in the first round, but he wasn't as much, but to me, that felt like that kind of draft. It felt like 
the quarterbacks you really couldn't go wrong with, um, just depending on what you wanted to do. If you wanted a more mobile guy, you developed more of a Baltimore-esque uh, offense utilizing the running talents of your quarterback. If not, then you got a passing offense. Then, of course, you can set to their skills as well. But, I mean, this was the time to do it. When you get a deep draft class, you had so many teams that with a need for quarterback this year. I think quarterbacks went in the first three picks as well in this draft. So, you know, it, it's, it, it speaks to the league as well. The All the old quarterbacks are starting to retire, Rivers and Luck and – and Mannings, both of the Mannings are out. And I don't know how the hell Brady still lives, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but Nobody it, knows. Like, Roethlisberger's done this year. He's not coming back this year, in my opinion. And at least on the Steelers front, I am somewhat excited about Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Dwayne Haskins was a phenomenal uh, quarterback. We got him essentially a second-year, first-round, 15th pick in the draft for nothing. Um, and he literally played just about as good as our backup quarterback with no exposure to our offense, just learning it on the fly. And our quarterback, uh, Mason Rudolph, has been in our system for three years. So I'm excited to see what those two guys do next year, to see you know Dwayne Haskins with a year under his belt, knowing the system, and possibly being that next guy. Otherwise, I expect the Steelers to draft a quarterback if they're there, if they can fit their, their scheme. Um, otherwise, you know, I think they go out and they try to get somebody like Aaron Rodgers to tell you the truth, because I, I think he fits our system and we've got a lot of talent that he can throw to. Yeah. Uh, when they came out originally about Rodgers wanting out, Pittsburgh was one of the first teams I kind of thought of because you want a right. team that has like, I guess, settled veterans there, settled head coach that like it's, everything is there in place that he can just come in and he could catapult the team to be able to get into the Super Bowl because you're not going to, Aaron Rodgers is not going to go to a team that isn't ready and he's going to have to do everything with, because you look to a certain extent at Green Bay and I always find that, I've always said that Aaron Rodgers is like the best deodorant in football. That <laughs> he is, that when the Packers have him, they're a 11, 12 win team. When right. he's not there, they're a five or a six win team. Right. And yes. that's, that's the way it is. And, it's going to be interesting for eventually when he does leave Green Bay and how they deal with that. Because I've always said to some of kind of my friends that support different teams that last year was the year to go get your quarterback in the first round because right. we're yeah. even seeing it now. Like you, you looked at the end of the draft last year and everyone was like, oh, Spencer Rattler will be in the top of the first round. And now people are like, oh, he's a fourth or a fifth round pick. Right. <laughs> like it's, it is, it is insane. But look, in terms of, looking at the Steelers this year, what do you, what would you say is kind of the key strength and weakness of the team this year compared to past seasons? Well, the strength is definitely the defense. Um, Steelers, like I told you, I think they're a top three team. Uh, Wormley is filling in nicely for Tuit while Tuit is injured. They're still trying to figure out somebody to replace uh, Tyson Alualu as that nose tackle. But fortunately, that's a player that's only on the field 30% of the time on defense in our system because we play a lot of nickel, we play a lot of dime. Our defensive backs have been a pleasant surprise. I was really upset that we lost both Hilton and Nelson. Nelson, we weren't expecting to lose. He had a, just an issue, uh, felt slighted, didn't want to have to compete with Sutton for the starting outside cornerback in a contract year. I understand that. But that kind of gave us a gap in that cornerback slot, which we've had to 
We, we had to bring in Witherspoon, who I thought was going to be a bigger part of this team. He's pretty much just sits on our practice squad. Uh, but we have some younger players with Pierre and Lane who are getting some playing time. And the seventh round pick, Norwood, um, who ended up starting as our slot corner day one, which was crazy. Um, Steelers had, like I said, those four starters on offense. He had a, a starting slot player on defense and, of course, a starting hunter. So they got themselves six starters out of that draft, which is insane. I've never – That's ridiculous. I, yeah, it, it is. And it's – usually you see a team do that if they're in rebuilding mode. Like, we really did have to rebuild our offensive line and commit to the run. Yeah, that, that's top four draft picks that capital used there. But, but not only did we use that capital there, but we used it on players that performed. And they're doing well, and they're playing at a at a high level, and they're getting better every week. And that's what I want to see when they're, with their development. As long as they continue to improve, and they're getting better, like that's what we need to do. The commitment was, to, and on offense, our commitment was to be a running team and to be a little bit better with tight end as well. So we've done that now with Fryermuth, with Gentry, who are now supplanted completely. Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron is is a wide receiver on our on our team. He's essentially Juju Smith Schuster's position. If he's going to come back, he's going to play the big slot. He's not going to line up in line, and I don't want him to line up in line because I don't think he's a good blocker. But the identity of this team going in, we want you guys to be a running team. We're building that identity right now as we speak, and we still have the players on the edge and the, and the receiver positions that can make plays down the field. So, And adding these new tight ends to be able to make some plays in the middle of the field to open up the sidelines, keep the safeties guessing, it, it helps out Ben tremendously as well, and he knows how to get rid of the ball quickly. Yeah, absolutely. When we look at kind of some of the players and – in this in i guess in this game to kind of look at is in terms of for the bear side of things obviously there's see if justin fields can build on the 49er game which was one of the more impressive games that he's had this season but then also they should be getting back david montgomery for for the game and i think there's a possibility that khalil mack could be could be playing so they might actually have their two pass rushers for the first time in three weeks which would be yeah good because at the start he, of the season, did Mac it, practice today? Um, I didn't see the injury report, but I I'll really look it up right now while we're talking. But yeah, like he, like it's been a while. Like it seems like whenever both Mac and Robert Quinn are both on the team together, um, yeah. that's when you start to see the Bears have a lot of pressure, and it helps everybody. It seems like when one of them's okay. out, it's just not clicking. So yeah. hopefully that they'll be able to kind of come back. But our biggest problem has, a, and it's been the same all season, is our defensive backfield is terrible. It is yeah. it is awful. There's Jalen Johnson, who's had a really good season. But hmm. then outside of him, nobody else has played well. Eddie Jackson's had a really poor season and he's injured. Wow. They're like the opposite corner, Kindle Vildor is like a fifth round pick. It essentially should be like that rotational corner. Um, yeah. But... They just don't have anybody else there. So, like, if the Steelers are able to kind of get the deep passing game working, they should have no problem scoring <laughs> against the Bears. <best>. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's 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 a weird one looking at these two teams because I was even just like reading some of the past performances of these teams, and it was mm-hmm. like in 2017 it was Bears 23, Steelers 17. 2013, right. I can't believe this when I read it. I was like. Bears 40, Steelers 40 to 23, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, 
I don't remember <laughs> the last back. time the Bears scored 40 points. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> but I, they did I, in that game. I had to I have to relook and look at that. And like the 2017 game, I believe it was like Mike Lennon was starting. It's like uh it was well that that was the uh the the I remember that game really well because the Steelers blocked the kick at the end of the half, ran it back for a touchdown but then got called back for a penalty so that that Chicago was able to kick the field goal again at the end of the half, which they did. They made it, which were the points that they needed, obviously, to get to overtime and winning it in overtime. So that was a barn burner. Yeah, it was, it was insane. I remember in, in overtime, I think it was like Jordan yeah. Howard just went crazy <laughs> and ended up scoring a touchdown and to, to win the game. But it was like just thinking about this, this Bears team now and the Steelers team. Both teams averaging less than 20 points per game on offense. Right. And it's, right. that's tough to do in this NFL because it is. <laughs> it's, it's everything is geared towards the offense. But again, both teams are in a similar situation as they're trying to improve their offensive lines to be able to help the quarterbacks out. Right. Justin, also when you have a rookie in there, it's, it's kind of they're learning on the fly as well. Right. So you're hoping for progression. So, do you see for the Steelers who last season on offense, especially early on, were really, really impressive? Yes. Do you think that the Steelers can get back to that or do they have to kind of manage it a bit more with where Big Ben is at the moment? Yeah, last year they ended up becoming a victim of their own circumstance. Um, they could not establish the run game. They were able to establish the run game in September and they had a couple hundred yard games by Connor. I think even Benny Snell had a hundred yard game. Uh, and then by the time we hit mid-October, the Steelers could not run on anyone. So they started developing this quick pass attack. And the quick pass attack was essentially the run. And we started doing it. Nobody could defend it until we played the Baltimore Ravens. And they decided just to throw everybody on the line of scrimmage. And like, we're just going to play you. We're going to hit you off the line of scrimmage. We're going to disrupt the timing because Ben's trying to get this ball out in two and a half seconds. And if you disrupt that, it's not coming out then, then it becomes a confusing aspect. We had a much tougher time then winning down the stretch. And we had no established run whatsoever. And I at least I, I've got to make a point here too, since we were talking about the matchups between Chicago and the Steelers. And I did this on my show last night. And it was really interesting to me. Mike Tomlin has never beaten the Chicago Bears. He That's is 0-3 against we against the Chicago Bears. <laughs> and the last time the Steelers have beat the Chicago Bears was 2005 and that was the snow game in Pittsburgh where the yeah. Bears were both were excellent teams I mean the Steelers knew they had to start winning that point on to make the playoffs and that was the big game where Jerome Bettis ran over Erlacher on the on the goal line um, and then the Steelers ended up winning every single game the rest of the year to win the Super Bowl so with that logic obviously if the Steelers find a way to win this week they're winning the Super Bowl yeah, absolutely. And that's a typical Bears uh, loss as well, where they only score nine points. So, right. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just hoping because we had our, we had our kind of weekly show on Wednesday. Right. We had a bunch of people kind of putting in their predictions, and the amount of people that were just saying, "Oh yeah, this is going to be a boring, low-scoring game." And one of our co-hosts, Anthony, was said it was going to be like a Pittsburgh thirty-two to thirty win, and I'm like. What are you doing? When are, when are the Bears are going to be scoring 30 points this, right. this season? Well, this, I wouldn't put up like, yeah. Steelers, for a high-scoring game for the Steelers, I think it would be like 25 points right now. Until yeah. their offense really starts clicking. They're doing better. And now with the 
the improved running game, that's going to open up the play-action pass and the RPO. Ben's actually now an RPO quarterback. He's not like one of your, I'm going to run with it RPO quarterbacks, yeah. but he's looking down the field, he's pulling the ball away, and then he's throwing to the seam. If the seam's wide open. We had a big play to Zach Gentry, um, who's our, you know, technically our third um, tight end, but now he's our best blocking tight end. We thought he was a borderline to make the roster this year, and he's a, just a monster of a man at 6'9", but it was third and 14, and he ends up picking 20 yards up off of that play. And it's a quick pass, and again, it comes out of the RPO, and that's that's where the Steelers are going to start getting better is on offense. And the only reason they're winning games is because they're not scoring points either, but our defense isn't letting people score points when they're healthy. That's the big part. Like, I'm fully confident. I felt fully confident last week. I th- felt we were still in complete control of that game up 15 to 10, and they still had two more drives. I just felt like my defense was going to make a play, and they did. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I guess that's where Bears fans have been up to this season and where the defense has been good enough to keep you in games. But now it looks like the standard has kind of dropped that little bit on the back end, which has just allowed kind of teams to be able to kind of rack up some of the, well, not even just points, just the yardage. And then it becomes difficult on on the defense. And that's why you've seen in the last couple of weeks and it's why there's been a lot of Bears fans saying, look, in the next year or two, they have to start moving the money that's currently on defense and start shifting it to the offense because eventually you have to build around the quarterback. And obviously that's very important. Um, yeah. So looking at this game, what do you think would be the keys for, I guess, both teams in terms of how they can kind of attack the opposition to win or possibly lose this football game? Steelers are going to try to own the trenches again like they did in the in the Cleveland game this previous week. And that is try to impose their will on the offense. And if Najee Harris isn't getting a hit till after he passes the line of scrimmage, look out. Because that guy's a playmaker. He's I'm watching him. He's making special plays every week that I don't expect any running back to make. Um, case in point, two games ago, he runs to the sideline. There's two defenders that pinch him right there on the sideline. Right there at the line of scrimmage, he's nowhere to go. He does a stiff arm spin move, pushes the one defender into the other defender and goes four yards behind them. I'm like, holy crap, I've never seen that from my team. I, you know, old, uh, you've seen Sweetness do it, an old Chicago great uh, back when I was watching the 85 Bears and that. But yeah, I've never seen a Pittsburgh Steeler do that with that kind of talent. And a lot of people are trying to poo-poo drafting a running back in the first round, but my counter argument is you don't find that kind of talent anywhere but the first round but the to me the biggest key for this game is going to be turnovers the Steelers have now gone three weeks without without a single turnover and um so they're winning the turnover battle they're getting the late turnovers on defense to ice these games to get them a chance to win these games and that's just like Ben's hasn't been taking as many risks as he had in the past he's doing a better job of controlling that Najee does not drop the football right now Najee is leading the NFL in most touches without a fumble. Knock on wood, that continues. But it's like 156 touches. It just came out today. Um, so he's up on like Camara, and he's up on um, – who's like in the 150s as well, like 152 or something. I'm just going off the top of my head. But it was an interesting stat. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I, can, I can pretty much tell you for certain is if he gets past the line of scrimmage – There'll be plenty of Bears defensive backs that will miss tackles on Najee Harris oh. because they, because they miss tackles <laughs> on everybody. So, yeah. oh, so, so that's that. There will definitely be at least one or two very big runs that wow. will happen 
in the game because there's always one or two. It just depends how big it's how big it's gonna be. There's always like one or two dumb mistakes that like our corners or safeties will make in the particular game. So oh. it is gonna be interesting to see kind of how that goes. With that, I will bring us on to kind of the last section of this and we go awesome. to our predictions. So okay. I we usually do it on the show where we'll go kind of a bold prediction and then a score prediction. So okay. we we've done we've done ours previously on kind of Wednesday. We had a bunch of our co-hosts on giving their kind of bold predictions, score predictions. I want to see what it's like on the other side of things here. So what's your okay. score prediction, first of all? I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be, you know, like a, a 20 to 17 type of game. Um, really tight to the vest. In obviously, like one turnover could be the difference in it or one big play on special teams. Um, as far as for a bold predi- prediction, do you mean like out of a specific player? What do I expect? Yeah, or, yeah it can be. It can be great. anything. Anything that's just not very obvious. Like one of our one of our co-hosts was saying, "Oh, that uh, the Bears score more than ten points." I'm like, "That's a little bit obvious," but like, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I don't know. It could be bold. I mean, yeah, it could be. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. But yeah, for for me, uh, TJ Watt is ready to play this game. Um, going after a rookie quarterback who is, I believe, the most sacked quarterback in the NFL currently. Oh, yeah. Um, he gets about two seconds to get the ball away. So, yeah. yeah. You're going to have uh, TJ Watt, Highsmith, um, Hayward, Cam Hayward all licking their chops. And this might be a statement game for yeah, TJ Watt, who's already competing for Defensive Player of the Year for the past two years, who I said it was the two times should have been Defensive Player of the Year. Um, but now, in this game, I could see him getting three sacks, forcing a fumble or two. He's just so oh, yeah. disruptive. Like I haven't seen somebody this disruptive since, at least coming off the edge like this since like Greg Lloyd in his prime or uh, James Harrison in his defensive uh, uh, player of the year year in 2008. I believe that was the year they won the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's very special when you get everything coming together and they work so hard. So I can see. A turn, I'll say a turnover in three sacks by TJ Watt would be my bold prediction this week. Isn't it funny how when he was coming out, people were saying, Oh, he's only he's been overhyped because he's JJ's brother, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> the, most, the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. If, if they redraft that, there's no way he's leaving it out of the top three now. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just that's how he's easily probably the best defensive player in that draft, but that was yeah. it's, it's a good draft. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's it was really really good for. I think for for me, my score prediction when I did it was like seventeen fourteen to the Steelers yeah. because I've always said until the Bears prove to me that they can score on good teams, I'm not gonna pick them to score <laughs> many on good teams. Like yeah. it, it, it's gonna be interesting and in another test for kind of a, a changing offensive line. Like I said, one of our rookies started last week. Hopefully, he'd be able to do pretty well this week because that's the main thing if the bears are able to plan a little bit better because that's the problem what they had against um cleveland is they didn't even bring in their tight ends to chip any of the pass rushers and it was just very very easy if they're able to do that if they get fields out on the run it might be a little bit kind of they might get a little bit of success with the bears in terms of the offense but if they just want to get fails to do three five seven step drops there's going to be a lot of sacks in this in this game because the offensive line like I, the story is and the, there's a lot of kind of opposition fans that get our shocked by this when we i've spoken about kind of tevin jenkins and how he's out for the entire season literally about 
probably 10 days before the start of the season, the Bears call up Jason Peters. And yeah. when they called him up, he was on a fishing boat. <laughs> so he was fishing while everybody else was preparing for the season. And that just goes to show how like poor the offensive line issues have been. And it's the one main reason why people are very much against the GM right now in Chicago. Not so much everything else. It's just the offensive line is so bad that like I would say one of TJ Watt probably makes more money than the entire offensive line for the Chicago Bears put together. <laughs> probably true <laughs> yeah so i i wouldn't be surprised if that comes up at some point in uh, on the broadcast on monday night but look it's it's definitely gonna be interesting i've always had a soft spot for pittsburgh because a lot of i have a lot of family friends over there and if it's in the afc they're the kind of team that I would want to do well so hopefully after this monday night game they can keep those wins and kind of make it a little bit interesting because i don't think anybody really likes the browns so hopefully the <laughs> the Steelers can kind of keep going after Monday night and just let us win this one because uh, just like the last couple of times, we need to get right a little bit. And it seems like when we've played the Steelers lately, that's kind of helped us do that. So hopefully that that can happen. Do you want to tell any of the people kind of where they can find your stuff? I know you do lots and lots of videos. I was kind of watching a couple of them today and they're very, very good. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate I loved your production to start this show. Don't get me wrong. I thought that was amazing. Thank you. uh, (laughs) Yes, you can find me on SteelerNation.com. I'm at SN Striker, right there spelled S-T-R-Y-K-E-R. Where it is? There it is. (laughs) Striker with a Y on both Twitter, Instagram, and Colorcast. And that's for people with Apple and iPhones. It's like talking in a room. It's really fun. It's a really fun way to interact. And before I leave, too, I just got to let you know, Big fan of Irish, uh, Ireland. I'm an Irish lad myself, and I wanted to give you a proper Irish Irish cheer as well. So cheers <laughs> to good. you, Kieran. Cheers to the good people over there that are rooting for the uh, Irish Chicago Bears. And salancha to all of you. Very cheers. good. I'm, I'm you glad you were able to say salancha. That's brilliant. Guys, make sure that you do subscribe to the show. You can catch all these on whatever it is, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple right. Podcasts. Again, you can follow us over on basically anywhere you, you're on social media. You can get us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, anywhere. Make sure that you subscribe. Make sure you follow. And until next time, I will say this because I'm the Bears fan here. Bear down. <laughs> Go Steelers. <see you. laughs>